So Microsoft has a complicated history when it comes to phones, and with the Microsoft Duo, it's about to get even crazier. Nearly a year after it was announced, Microsoft is now taking pre-orders for its dual-screen, Android-powered, $1,400 phone that they'd rather you call a Surface. It's unlike any other phone available right now, with an abundance of use cases for enterprise and those in the Microsoft ecosystem of apps and services. Exactly what is the Duo, what can it do, what can't it do, and is a $1,400 price tag warranted? I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. This is Jason Squared, and today we're talking all things Surface Duo. So before we dive into what the Surface Duo is, Perlow, you and I both know Microsoft has a very complicated history with phones, so let's talk about that a little bit first. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Microsoft was in the, the mobile device industry for a very long time. Um, you know, Windows CE, then becoming Windows Mobile, Windows Phone. So they were they were in the game for a good, you know, 15 years or so. You know, even before, they were probably in the, the industry even before Apple jumped into the space, right? You know, so we're talking, you know, oh, yeah, the, the early were. 2000s, you know, 2002, 2003. You know, I remember the first Windows CE devices, the iPacks, those sorts of things. Microsoft has been doing this for a very long time. They unfortunately got out of the mobile device space when they shut down the Windows Phone, Windows Mobile, when they got rid of the Nokia assets, they divested of that. A couple of years ago, we thought they were out of the business completely and they were not going to come back to it. But I am excited about them being back in the mobile device business. Me too. Um, I thought that it was a shame that so much talent left the company when they got out of Windows Mobile, Windows Phone. There's a lot that I think Microsoft can bring the mobile devices, especially uh, with the enterprise cloud services that they run with 365, Azure, Power BI, all those things. In a sense, you know, the company has been in the, the current mobile business for quite some time with the full suite of Android and iOS apps that they have, which are very popular. I use a lot of them, um, including the launcher for Android, which I think is presumably gonna show up in the Duo as its default user interface. So we'll have to see what they do with that. Um, the, the other thing I'm really excited about with the prospect of a Microsoft device is their support, right? Particularly as it relates to routine patches and Android updates, which has not been the forte of the Android, you know, OEM device manufacturers at all, right? You know, Samsung has not been particularly good with updates. Um, the only one that it really has been particularly decent with updates is OnePlus, right? right. Um, if Microsoft can support its Android devices for three years or better, as with Google does with their Pixel, right? I think it would eliminate um, much of the downsides of being the owner of an OEM Android device. So I, that's that's where I'm really seeing the value is really the software stack and the, the support from Microsoft. Yeah, and to that point, Samsung just announced alongside the Note 20 and Note 20 Ultra that they are now committing to three years of software support for devices Good. from them as well. So this is becoming a trend that is very much welcomed and very much needed for the smartphone industry as a whole. As far as I know, Sam, or Microsoft did not commit to how long they're going to support uh, the Duo quite yet, but hopefully by the time it launches on September 10th, that information is made public and we're more aware of what exactly their plans are. They did say they will do routine software updates, you know, security updates, feature updates, and all of that. Uh, but the length of that software support is still a mystery right now, as far as I could tell. So let's talk about the nitty gritty of what exactly makes the Duo the Duo. It's, it's a completely different form factor than basically anything else you can find on the market right now. It's a dual screen phone with a 360 degree hinge in the middle. There's two separate displays, 5.6 inch pixel sense display on each side. 
when the duo is open it's a total of 8.1 inches of display space that you can use but there's a line down the middle separating the two screens it's not like the galaxy fold where there's glass or plastic screen on the inside that actually folds and gives a seamless experience there is a crack more or less in the surf or the surface duo when you open it up like a book that separates the two displays it launches september 10th pre-order started this morning so wednesday august 12th but uh it's fourteen hundred dollars so if you want one you're going to have to pay quite a bit of money and we'll get more into the pricing about it here in a little bit that gets you 128 gigabytes of storage, six gigabytes of RAM. It's right at, I believe, 3,800 milliamp hour battery. So it's not as big as many of us had hoped it would be, but the device is only 4.3 millimeters thin when it's open. So when it's closed, it's a little bit bigger than that, of course. Um, it has a fingerprint sensor on the side, works with Surface Pen for stylus input, and it's an Android 10 device, which is kind of crazy, right? Microsoft had Windows phones for years, ran their own software. They even had the Microsoft Kin experiment, that with its own software. And now they're giving it all up, embracing Android full on, full support from the Play Store, Google Apps, the works. What do you think on the surface, no pun intended, of just the spec sheet? So, um, you know, this is a device that clearly has been in the works for a while, right? And it's using a bill of materials that's coming from the 2018-2019 timeframe, right? You're using Snapdragon 855, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, as we know, the current processors are the 865 and the 765. Um, I think that it is under-resourced in terms of RAM, particularly if we're talking about a device that's designed to look at complex business documents on the go in the field. Um, you know, I've seen if you're going to use big Word documents, big spreadsheets, big PowerPoints, those things can use up a lot of a lot of memory, right? Um, I didn't think that when Google came out with the Pixel 4 that the six gigabytes of RAM was sufficient to go with, with the 855 processor. So I think that Potentially, you could run into certain situations where you're going to run out of resources pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't think the 3800 milliamp is sufficient for those two screens to power it and keep it running all day. We'll really have to see in practice how Microsoft power management works out on the thing. Um, the one camera, I, I guess because you're not going to be you know running around in the field and taking photos of stuff, um, you know, like an iPhone, mainly because you're going to use this for video conferencing. I think that's probably okay. The monaural speaker is a bit of a bummer. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that it doesn't have 5G and no Wi-Fi 6 is also, I think, I, I think that's more of a psychological feature issue because, quite frankly, most people aren't going to take advantage of either Wi-Fi 6 or 5G. You're going to have to upgrade your, your home router infrastructure to, to do Wi-Fi 6 and 5G. Quite frankly, most people aren't even near Wi-Fi, uh, 5G uh, transmitters. So I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to take advantage of that, even if it did. But I think for $1,400, I think people want to see those features in a device. The split screen thing, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of split phones in the past. Right? I got to play the ZTE that went on AT&T for a while. Um, the idea of the, the, the whole hinge folding thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think Microsoft did that because as opposed to a, a folding, a true folding phone, right? Like like the Z Fold or, or the other stuff that Samsung or, or Huawei has done. 
is probably a mean time between failure issue. They looked at, you know, uh, the, the use of a hinge versus two versus an integrated, literally folding LED screen. And they probably said, yeah, you know what? We would get too many returns, too many service issues. So we're going to go with two screens rather than one folding screen. Obviously, the, the downside is, is that if you have two screens versus a folding screen, you know, if you want to run videos, you got this big you know, split in the middle, or yeah, you can only use there. one one half of it at a time. Like I said, this is a business device. This is not a consumer device. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say for the most part, you're absolutely right. So my biggest hangups with it, personally, just looking at the spec sheet, I'm okay with the 855 processor. Supposedly, Microsoft has optimized the processor for dual screen, which should in turn lead to better battery life. They haven't given an hour estimate of battery life. Just have said all day which is what most companies are saying now because the interpretation of all day is so different. It is either is or isn't for you. It depends on how you use the device, right? So um, there's that aspect of it. But the single camera is has me puzzled. I, and it's a front-facing camera essentially because it right. resides above the display, one of the displays. And that means if you wanted to take a picture of something in front of you and not just you, how, how exactly does that work? I have yet to see in a video or even in, you know, promotional images of someone having the phone all the way open. So both screens are on each side, kind of, you know, opposite of how it closes and using one side as a viewfinder with the camera pointing out on the other side. Uh, that's how I would imagine it works. But until we actually see it in use, it's hard right. to say. Um, but other than that, I and the mono speaker really bugs me as well. I, I watch a lot of video, a lot of YouTube, a lot of Twitch on my phone and mono speakers just doesn't make sense to me. And it's not something that I think pr will provide a, a good experience. But then again, if you're using headphones with it, you don't really have anything to worry about. Although when I'm watching that stuff, I rarely use headphones. So it will be something that I, I notice and, and either love or hate or don't mind at all, I guess. Um, so pricing wise, $1,400, 128 gigabytes of storage, you could pay a hundred dollars more. So $1,500 and you get double the amount of storage, 256 gigabytes. I love the small upcharge for storage. It's not Apple like, uh, or Samsung like for, you know, overcharging for extra storage, but a starting price for a phone that lacks 5g. And does this thing have a micro SD slot or no, it does not. Yeah, well, that's not good. You're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're stuck with whatever storage. And I that's think that's not good. I think the sales pitch there is use OneDrive, right? Microsoft 365, upload, cloud. Everything, upload everything to the cloud. You're going to be connected. We, you don't need more than 128 gigabytes as it is. So I, I don't know that that's their pitch, but I would imagine it is. You know, we weren't briefed on on it, so we had a few news stories to read over this morning to get caught up on what the duo was was doing and is and. And so eventually, I, I would imagine OneDrive is their solution, their answer. Yeah, to I mean, Jason, it's really expensive. I, I don't see anyone other than an early adopter, you know, going for this thing right? sure. or a Microsoft software developer. Now, there may be applications uh, in the various vertical industries, such as medical or financial or aerospace and transportation slash logistics type stuff which are always used to spending a lot more on mobile devices than consumers, but uh, but they may need things like hardened cases and, and things like that. You know, something where you would normally use a Panasonic Toughbook, I could see potentially replacing it with the Duo. Like I said, you know, this thing's been under development for a while. They're using technology from two years ago. 
you know, so, so it, it, CNET so did, that's CNET problematic. Had, CNET yeah. had an exclusive interview with various members inside Microsoft. And this, this has been a five year project. They've been working yeah. on this for five years, which is why some of the technology is older. At some point they had to make that decision and that cut off and go forward with it. Yeah, look, I think that a dual screen device like this has some pretty potentially interesting uses for a few different scenarios, right? I don't think this is an entertainment device, right? This is very clearly a business device that replaces both the smartphone and the tablet and completely eliminates the need for a phablet, right? Yeah. Um, if you work on enterprise documents and dashboards and you're manipulating, you know, report data and all of that, I can see why you might want one of these or if you're in an engineering field kind of role and you need to look at technical manuals while working on a different application at once, that sort of thing. But I think it's an overkill device for a consumer and it doesn't fit their typical use case scenarios or needing to consume widescreen content for videos when you're in a tablet mode or using the device handheld for apps, you know, like Facebook that are more vertical scroller type of things. This is very clearly, right? Something that Microsoft designed to exist on their corporate campus not in the home, right. potentially hospitals, other places with significant IT infrastructure, right? I think it's even questionable these days who's even showing up on campus at Microsoft these days, right? right? You can argue that this duo arrived at the worst possible time, but at the same time, you know, what I'm really interested in this, on this thing, on this device more than anything else is the software stack, right? What modifications did Microsoft make to Android just above, you know, stuffing their launcher and apps on it? I mean, I've used their launch and their apps on all my current Android devices. So the idea of, of integrating all this stuff onto a device that Microsoft makes themselves sounds like a great idea to me. Just, I don't want it on a $1,400 specialized <laughs> device like this, right? On a $500 business handset with a single screen or on an eight inch tablet for 250 bucks. Yeah, I'd like to see them take the same software. Right. And I'd like to, you know, but and, and I want to see the Microsoft integration on something that doesn't cost me a fortune. So hopefully they're committed to making other devices that use this software stack. I, I hope this is the end of it, you know, if, if this thing doesn't sell. Yeah, I think they're positioning it more as not a phone and not a tablet, but a companion device for your Windows 10 PC. So the videos I watched this morning, the promotional videos normally had someone doing something like taking a note with the, the Surface Pen on the display in OneNote. Um, or filling out a spreadsheet on the device with the bottom screen being the keyboard and the top one being the spreadsheet cells up top. Uh, and so it was very enterprisey in the way they did it, but the videos always ended with the phone, sorry, with the Surface being set down next to a Windows 10 PC and using the Your Phone software that Samsung also has access to with the Note 20 and Note 20 Ultra, uh, and then virtualizing and viewing your Duo's display on your computer right there or accessing information, sending messages and, and your photos, or like I said, actually seeing your display on your computer itself. So it's a very weird use case, but it's also one that intrigues me more than any device that's been announced this year, including the new Z Fold 2. Like we know what that is. We know what Samsung software is, but Microsoft is kind of like the wild card of 2020 when it comes to this phone. and the $1,400 price point is high, but when you compare that to the Note 20 Ultra, the S20 Ultra, or even the iPhone 11 Pro Max, it's right within the same range, keeping the folds out of that. 
it's within the same range of those devices. Granted, it has your old your old processor in it, but you're gaining an extra display and this extra functionality that's built into the software. So you got to trade off. And I, I don't care about the 865. Yes, it's a fast processor and it's the best one you can get on the market right now, but also brings with it 5G and I have zero use or need or even reception for 5G at all. So that's something I don't truly care about. So I get wanting to ding it for cost and price, but at the same time, it's Price pretty fairly for what what you get and the trade-offs that you have to make for it. And I think so. Granted, Jason, I think that, that Samsung and Apple are also out of their minds, right? Yeah, no, so, they, I mean, all of it's overdone. But in the industry we have, we have $1,400 iPhone 11s and we don't bat an eye at them. We have $1,600 S20. Before our world came to an end three or four months ago, we didn't bat an eye on when we were all employed and had paychecks and could, and could pay for these things. I am literally thinking about when the upgrade program resumes in October, downsizing from my 11 yeah. Pro Max to a, a regular 12 or 12 Max, a more entry-level device, because I just don't like having to pay $60 yeah. a month on, on an upgrade program. I could, I could pay less. So yeah, we've, we've talked about going and downgrading and getting cheaper phones once the new cycle releases this year and our upgrades are due. And I, I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at, it, looking at that as well. Personally, I've been using the Pixel 4a and it's a tremendous device for $350. I'm very compelled to give it a solid run as being my main device. Sure. But that, but that said, I ordered the Microsoft Duo this morning at $1,400. <laughs> like, there's just something about... But will you still be in love with it two weeks after you've bought it, Jason? That's that's the big question. Thankfully, Microsoft has a 60-day return window, so I can use it for up to two months and return it and get all my money back. Right. The, the other thing I think is weird, Jason, is that, again, Microsoft is positioning this with the C word. Okay, companion, right? Yeah. And I, I think every time that I've heard, we've heard companion used in a device, whether it was RIM with the BlackBerry tablet that they made Playbook. very briefly, um, or, you know, I, I, the idea that you need to have this thing sort of psychologically tethered to your desktop machine has never flown very well with, sure. with the consumer public, right? Yeah. Um, we don't need, look, my iPad is not a companion to my Mac. It is, it is a fully independent device i can use it as an independent device i'm not the only thing that ties it together with the mac is iCloud. yeah right? and to be fair you know, microsoft stream and stuff microsoft so. never used that terminology that that's the impression i got from the videos i saw and the way they're framing it it's it's a surface device is how they are positioning it that happens to work seamlessly with their windows 10 computer so <laughs> companion was my own word uh but i get exactly what you're saying yeah it, it just Here's one thing that intrigues me probably the most about the Duo is the fact that it doesn't have a front display. So when it's closed, I have no, no clue what is going on. I don't know what no. pending notifications I have. I don't know the time. I, there, I am completely shocked. Uh, but you can get, but, you, but Jason, you'll get your notifications on your Apple Watch. Oh, wait a minute. We, we don't have one of those. We can't do that with a, with a Duo, can we? Yeah, maybe the Galaxy Watch 3, I'll, I'll have that on. But the fact that I can close it and sort of disconnect myself is, I, 
and this is a broader topic in and of itself, is very intriguing to me. And it wasn't until a couple days ago, as we heard that this duo event was going to happen today, that I started thinking about, wait a minute, there's there's no front display. What exactly does that mean? And and I like that aspect of, especially now where we all work from, I've always worked from home, you've always worked from home, but everyone works from home now. So the expectations of what working hours are have changed drastically. It used to be tied to when people go into the office and when people leave the office. But now that everyone's home and schedules are different, I've noticed that I get a lot more messages later at night because that's when people are able to work. And so being able to close a device and completely shut off any type of distraction or it's beckoning call of me by a notification arriving is extremely appealing to me right now. And, and maybe I just need to turn my phone over and put the screen down. I, I don't know, but that aspect and that interaction model or lack of interaction model with the duo is, is really, really appealing to me right now. I think you have to be, like I said, I don't know if it would work for either of us truly in practice because we're both Apple and, and Microsoft technology and Android users. We have too many things winking and bleeping right. going off at once. Now, if you're a bit, if you're someone has who isn't a Microsoft centric person and you've got Windows 10 desktops, um, you know, uh, an Android watch user perhaps or, 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 or Galaxy watch, Perhaps I could see that, you know, once you have all the notifications and everything integrated and tied in together, I think you might be able to make it work. But I, I, I would have problems simulating that in my own lifestyle, sure. personally. Well, but, I have 60 days to give it a shot once it arrives. I'm a little disappointed they announced it pre-orders a month ahead of when they arrive. I wish it would have been a week, 10 days, two weeks max between orders and, and phones are actually arriving at your step. A month is a long time to internally debate and analyze and overanalyze whether or not the purchase is worth it. $1,400 is a lot to be sitting on for a month. So uh, are they, are they, are they cut? Are they charging you immediately upon? No, upon, no, no, no. They're, they're, no, 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 but they're, they'll charge once it ships. I'm just saying it mentally that money's gone, right? And right. so sitting there debating whether or not it's worth it being gone is, you know, that's a long time. I would have much rather that been a shorter window, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, so, man, $1,400 is a laptop, dude. It is. It, or, or an iPhone 11 Pro Max. That's how much I paid for mine. So I, I keep trying to put it yeah. in pers these high-end prices in perspective. I, I knock phones for being too expensive, and yet I spent that much on a phone. So it's something that... I'm trying to work through the realization of, you know, maybe expensive phones, they're here to stay, um, but always knocking on them is, uh, is the wrong approach. I don't know. That's a, that's a whole nother show, a whole nother topic. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with phones now. I'm not saying the high prices are warranted, but if that's what the industry is, you know, it's worth having another discussion. I don't know, Jason. That. I think we need to go into the iPhone 12 step program. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we sit around with a whole bunch of other gadget people and we're like, well, I spent another $1,300 today. <laughs> and I know that we've been doing this for the last couple of years, but I don't yeah. know if I should keep doing it, Jason. <laughs> we should do a round table and just debate. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Matt right. Miller on here and a few other exactly. people. Oh, forget Matt. That dude is, is should be like the group leader for Android spending abuse he does buy everything that is true so yeah. i so i take it jason you're not going to buy a duo or pre-order a duo just to check no it. no okay no. all right fair enough well i look forward to bringing 
a future show with maybe some, some thoughts. Maybe I'll record it on the duo. Who knows? Who knows what we'll do? It, I have a month to decide. Um, any closing thoughts here, Perlo? No, like I said, um, I'm glad that it, the device is out, finally. Yeah. Yep, um, it's been a long I, time. It was vaporware for a very long time. Yeah. I hope certainly that if if even if we don't get a ton of people buying this particular model, that Microsoft will continue to invest in Android hardware, right? I really do Absolutely. want to see just a normal phone or a normal tablet from these a guys. A normal Surface phone, um, a single slot. I, I think this the, the software stack has a lot of potential, um, an Android maintained by Microsoft. I mean, that to me, there's a tremendous amount of value in just that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I would love to see a Surface single instead of Duo. Solo, a Surface Solo, maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah. A one-screen device from them with the same design aesthetic because it, I think it looks amazing. It, it's really yeah. clean. It's minimal. It, besides the giant bezels above and below the displays, I think overall it, it's well-designed device. So I'd love to see a Surface Solo for lack of not having a name for a single-screen device from them. But uh, it'll be interesting, I, and I can't wait to get my hands on the Surface Duo. So I'm Jason Cipriani. I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for w listening. Thanks for watching. Please check out more of our work at ZDNet.com.